0: All right. Well, never mind the interruption, people. That was just a uh, that was a comma um, or an ellipsis. That was not a period. It wasn't a backsplash. Um, it was a it was a backsplash. It was a it was a splashback. Um, <laughs> Anyway are you ha, have you have you sufficiently stirred your drink?
1: Oh yes it is it has also made the very jiggly run down the stairs to the power cord
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> okay, well then it's probably sufficiently um, it's pro- it's probably to the proper temperature now, so you could either take whatever receptacle that it's in and pour it into a, a new glass or depending on what your glass looks like if it's like a pint glass or something, you could just drink straight out of that. I imagine that it doesn't fill a pint glass because there's probably not enough liquid in there. Correct. Um, so maybe like a rocks glass or something. I actually
1: like that. do have one of those, like the high ball and the low ball of the crystal glasses.
0: Yeah. So um, the low ball would work. Um, that would be I'll nice. tell you what I really like to drink cocktails out of. And maybe this is just me because I'm, you know, trying to hide things sometimes. But I really like to drink cocktails out of coffee cups. I was gonna say, you go with a mug, don't you? Yeah, sometimes. Like, if I'm at someone's house and they're like, oh, like, do you wanna drink? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. And they're like, all right, we'll just, you know, make yourself whatever. I'll literally grab a coffee mug. And then they're like, what the fuck are you drinking? And I'm like, oh, I'm drinking like blah, 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 blah. You know, and they'll be like, why in a coffee cup? And I'll be like, I don't know, because it's got a handle and it's ceramic and it holds like, It holds hot and cold temperatures well. Mm. And like, I don't need anything fancy. Like, uh, you know, like whatever. (laughs) It's a coffee mug. It says like world's best mom on the side. Why would I not want to use that? (laughs) So anyway.
1: um... Well, I'm drinking this out of, so wait, let me ask this question. Should I get another glass just so that I'm not drinking this with the ice still in it? Is it like a big no-no?
0: No. um, You could do either or. Um, And again, this is just me. And, you know, there's reasons behind it. But normally when if you shake a cocktail or you stir a cocktail, you want to strain the liquid out of the receptacle that you're shaking or or stirring Mm -hmm. because that ice is already starting to melt. Right. So you want you want the the proper temperature with the least amount of dilution. Because water diluting your cocktail is just watering down your cocktail. So if you want the full range of flavors, you want the least amount of, of, of ice and water dilution to the maximum amount of, of, of temperature change. So you want a cooler cocktail, but not a severely watered down cocktail. Understood. So if you have a strainer or whatever receptacle you might be using, you want to get that liquid out of whatever that you stirred or, sh- or shook it in and into another glass with fresh ice or with no ice at all, depending if you're mm. drinking out of a martini glass or a coupe or whatever else it may be.
1: Interesting. Because okay. now
0: that new ice is not, is not already melting down. So now you have liquid going into a new glass with new ice and that new ice now has to take on uh, the challenge of, of, of starting to melt down whereas the old ice that you've already mixed the drink in is already melting mm-hmm. down. It's already melted down. Not fully, but it's already diluted and water your drink down to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, that's kind of amazing.
0: I mean, a, a normal, average, everyday person, it, it means nothing. They've been drinking cocktails, shaking it and pouring the, the used ice, it called dirty ice, so to speak, into mm-hmm. the same glass their whole life, and it doesn't really matter. You can make a, a cocktail with the dirty ice and you can make a cocktail with fresh ice and they'd never know the difference. But again, when you're getting into specific things and specific, um, you know, nuances of things, it's just the same as painting. Whereas if you're using, you know, paint that comes from, um, you know, a super fancy store or you're getting paint that comes from Walmart, like the average person wouldn't be able to tell the difference when it's a dried canvas and it's hanging on their wall but the whole process is a little bit different because of, you know, the tools that you're using. Right. So I, the can, most, the most- I can make it
1: kind of like comparing it to when I use a paintbrush and I've used a specific color, you know, there are different ways that I clean that brush. And if I don't clean it completely, well, then when I go to the next color, I'm going to have little traces of that still there.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now the biggest question is, have you tasted the drink yet?
1: I haven't.
0: Okay. <laughs> I think it's, my, th- I think it's time for the, that. We
1: had the backsplash.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had the splash back. That's fine. Okay. So now I think the most important thing in here is to taste it. And um, here we go. It doesn't matter what's in the glass is, you know, it's all personal preference. Either you like it. Or you don't like it. Or hey, like this is something that I'm not accustomed to and I think there's something interesting and unique there Hmm. and I'm I'm willing to give it a go. Or it's like, oh my God, I just tasted this and you know, I've you know, it tastes what I imagine dog shit tastes like. So So
1: I am somewhere in a a blend of all different sorts of things because I am definitely the most prissy drinker on the face of the planet. (laughs) Like I'm such a baby. Um, And I tend to like things that are very sweet and very girly and very fruity and sparkly and like all this stuff that you probably would be drinking if you're a college girl and really don't like the taste of anything, but want to seem cool to your friends. And I just never grew out of that. So
0: um, that's not a bad thing.
1: And I'm not much of a drinker. Like I am, I probably have honestly, maybe three or four glasses of wine a year.
0: Holy and that's shit. okay. Yeah. So like
1: talk about a true novice. So most of the time when I'm out with friends and they get something to drink, they hand it to me. I sniff it because I'm curious and I want to try and I want to taste of course, and I yeah. know. They give it to me. I smell it. I taste it. My mouth goes into that crazy pucker. My face starts shaking. My neck goes back. I look like I'm going to have a convulsion. And I just go like, oh, God, no. And I <laughs> hand it back to them. Um, but I have found a few things I like. And this has not made me do that. So I'm not doing the like convulsion back, neck tightening. Ugh, bleh, get this thing away from me. Well, that's um, good. I think you've, you've suggested things that have balanced this beautifully. And
0: I'm going to have another sip because I know
1: that you don't really get the true flavor until the second sip. Am I right?
0: Well, yeah. And you know, my, this is my philosophy with cooking and you know, whether it's in the kitchen whether it's behind the bar, you know, whether it's painting, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's writing, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, there's really, there's no rules. Like there's no one there standing over you with a, with a, a fucking rule book and a, and a, and a whip that's like, you can't do that. You can't do this. Like, yeah, there's yeah. guidelines. But like, it's, and that's what artists really like is the freedom to be able to express themselves however they want without that authority figure that's standing over you. So, you know, behind the bar or, you know, in the kitchen, I'm always like this. If I make something and I combine these substances together and they taste like shit, Well, I fucking drink it or I eat it and, you know, it might suck or I might catch a buzz, whatever it may be. And I just never make it again. It's not a big deal. Right. You know, like if you apply uh, like some different technique and some different paint or whatever it may be, or marker or Sharpie to a canvas or a block of wood or whatever it may be like and it looks like shit. Well, who gives a fuck? Like you didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, like you're well, just experimenting with things.
1: With and- art you can also go back over. Like when I'm working with a painting, I can just keep layering. And here's my question to you. Because
0: yes, the answer is yes.
1: Me. Yeah, so there's a lot of layers to this drink. Do you And if it tasted feel- like
0: shit, you just go back and you're like, "Oh, Like, okay, well, how do I balance this? Like, it's too boozy. Okay, well, add more sweetness, add more citrus. Oh, it's too citrusy. Okay, well, add more booze and add more fucking sweetness. But is there ever
1: a point where it's like there? you've gone past the point where you- Absolutely.
0: And it can happen really easy. It can happen with just adding the like one wrong ingredient because it will overwhelm all the other flavors that you're trying to go for. So it is very delicate, the balance, but the balance, here's the thing. Even if, even if you overwhelm it, well, so fucking what drink it or dump it down the drain and start over. You've Mm -hmm. got a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. You've got a, you've got a bottles of whatever that, you know, you can mix to your heart's desire until those bottles are empty, you know, like go get a red pepper out of the refrigerator and cut it up and smash it up in the bottom of the drink and add some fucking tequila and some lime juice and, you know, some kind of other weird thing. And now you've got your own unique cocktail that now you got a vegetable in. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's no rules. just well, have fun. That,
1: that definitely did not take a lot of liquor. Like what's in this glass? I mean, I would have thought I'm going to, In my head, I imagine bottles of liquor being emptied very quickly. (laughs) And I think that's just because of the people I've been around. Well, yeah. (laughs) The the way that the drinks have been made. Um, So, yeah, I can totally see how a lot of the things that I do have here could could feasibly last forever if I was making sophisticated drinks to just enjoy once in a while.
0: Well, and, you know, it's funny is going back to the point that you just made that you don't need a lot. So. I'll take my friend. I'm going to call him Bill. His name's Mm -hmm. not Bill, but he might listen to this. It could be Doug. Let's call him Doug. All right. So my friend Doug, right. He's the kind of guy that goes out all the time. And he's like always trying to meet new people and, you know, females and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it's like shots and beers. So he'll drink 10 beers in a night and take 10 shots and he's wasted. Right. But he spends like, like a hundred dollars just on himself to get Mm. himself to the point where he thinks that he needs to be right. Mm. So, you know, I'm like, well, like, what are you doing, dude? First of all, 10 beers is like, like a whole lot of liquid in your stomach. Like that can't be comfortable. I don't care how many times you pee. You can't put 120 ounces liquid in your stomach (laughs) and feel comfortable even over the course of a couple of hours. Like it just doesn't work that way. And you're spending a hundred fucking dollars. Like, And so I started to try and like, like prod him along Mm -hmm. to like ordering cocktails that are very value driven because of the the amount of alcohol you get in them and the price points that they are. So Mm. take an old fashioned, for instance, right? A well-made old old fashioned is literally 90% alcohol. And if it's well-made and you're in a place where like the bartender's like, they're not jigger pouring and they're not measuring things. You're getting like four or five ounces of booze in a drink. And maybe you're paying like 10 bucks for it. Hmm, That's a good point. That 1.5 ounce shot that you just paid $8 for. And that Coors light or Miller light that you just paid $5 for. Well, now you just spent $14 and you have way less alcohol in your glass and way more liquid that you have to put in your body in order to get you where you need to be. So it's like, Stop with the shots and beers and start drinking things that are smart, that are that are going to save you money and get you where you need to be or where you think you need to be much quicker. You know, and and now he drinks old fashions religiously (laughs) when he goes out, he drinks old fashions because he can get him at some dive bar for eight bucks and they just fill a glass with alcohol. Whereas
1: done your service.
0: Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's a disservice to some people because they take it, you know, above and beyond where they should take it. And I'm not saying that I never have. but Well,
1: sure. But honestly, I mean, you've upped his game so much. I mean, any any woman who meets him in a bar is going to be certainly more impressed that he's drinking an old fashioned than if he orders 10 beers.
0: Well, At least I would. I think it well, but y- you know, you're a you're a high class lady, Aww. opposed to you know the ladies that he might meet in some of these seedy type of establishments.
1: Well, he so. he can still be the classiest guy in the joint, then.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always the classiest guy that you know. There's always the classiest Miller Lite drinker out of the room full of Miller Lite drinkers, right?
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> and apparently. This time it would be Doug with his old fashioned.
0: Yeah. Doug, he's got it going on now. Right.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate the drink. I do like it. And I appreciate the education.
0: Well, it's the little that I get to add to this world.
1: And I am definitely, (laughs) because I have, like I said, three or four drinks a year. I'm going to have a buzz off of this very quick.
0: Well, good. And you know what? At 107 AM, a buzz, I've got a buzz right now. So we're both going to end up like hanging this conversation up and ending this podcast and being able to then, you know, move our, our subconscious, our conscious and subconscious into whatever realm that we want to with a little bit of buzz. And that's not <laughs> the worst thing in the world, that's you strange. know, and we can hopefully, you know, tomorrow adapt and conquer whatever mother nature's thrown at us with this um, current snowstorm. And, you know, I mean, just ebb and flow with, with what we need to. That's great. So um, now that we've talked about cocktails and um, you know, we've raided your liquor cabinet, which I, I honestly think it's a really fucking awesome thing. And I, I really appreciate you bringing that up to say, Hey, like, I've got a bunch of random stuff, like tell me what to do with it. Cause I think I'm going to try and pursue this a little bit more often with some of my guests. Cool. Um, Cause I really think it's a rad thing. Um, and now that we've done that, why don't you let um, our um, viewing public or viewing audience, w- just, why don't you just tell us a little bit about like what you do and what you're involved with? Cause I think it's really cool. And you know, we've known each other for a number of years and, you know we've had some projects together and things of that nature so yeah you know so, without further ado
1: thank you um you know it's kind of it's like it's fun to talk to you about this because um we've known each other for a long time
0: like since fucking high school
1: yeah and um you know we're such different people in high school Than we are when we get older, but of course.
0: Oh, I was fucked. (laughs) Big time. That was,
1: there's, it's our, it's our, our launching pad, you know, high schools are launching pad. It's where we get to first kind of explore like who we are and who we hang out with and, and, and what directions we lean towards in terms of, um, social situations or even are we the people that go out and get jobs or are we the people who like to just stay home and watch TV or, do we just sit there on the phone with our friends all the time? Or are we going out and, you know, finding the parties and the, the, (laughs) the problem friends that our parents end up hating or, you know, like what direction do we start to go in? And I think it's so challenging and uh, hard to, to hard to authentically like encapsulate the story of like, where have I been? What have I done? Because it's it's hindsight, right? And being able to explain like all the little moments that kind of led to those big moments that had me become an artist or had me end my marriage or um, had me move from this area that we both moved back to, you know, it's like, yeah. all of those pieces are part of that, like, very, very slow moving story that then gets recapped into like a five minute intro or something. You know, it's like it's almost scary to think that we can do that as humans, that we can look back on five, 10, 15, tw- sometimes 20 or more years and say, yeah, this is how I got to here. This is what I've done. This is where I've been. Um, but we do it, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna
0: do but it. But you have like decades <laughs> of experience that are all wrapped up into like, hey, here's my synopsis. Here's my here's my book jacket.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it gives, it gives so much information and then it also gives so little at the same time. And, um, so I'm gonna, instead of just doing the typical, like well-packaged, pretty little wrapped with the red bow on top here to like all your listeners, I'm actually gonna like talk to you, like bounce through the different pieces of what's happened in my life. Since high school, since you knew me back then, and then like when we reconnected um it- however many years ago that was right uh,
0: so, i I don't know, I'm gonna say probably like eight seven, eight, nine, I don't know whatever it was it was it was a good period of time, yeah so, yeah,
1: I don't well, so I've been back for eight years,
0: okay, so it was not eight, it but was, it was.
1: Yeah. So what, what took me away from Hunterdon County in the first place was that I felt like there was, so I, I don't even know if you knew this, but I dropped out of high school. Did you know that? No. Okay. So I dropped out and it was my senior year.
0: I was really, really high (laughs) all the time through high school. So That was pretty much my memory is just like spent hops and like fucking spent bond resin and malted hops, you know?
1: Well, stuff that I do not, that's more that I don't know about, (laughs) but that'll have to be for another podcast. Exactly. So, um, so I dropped out of high school and, um, I went to work. I, I tried Catherine Gibbs. Like I tried college. I was actually in college before everyone else in my grade. Because I dropped out my senior year, the beginning of my senior year, went to a GED class just so that I could take the GED because they had cut yeah. They'd cut off being able to take the GED for that year, and um, it was Mister Kasanga that got me in that program. And Mister
0: Kasanga, yeah. Wow. And All right. uh, All right.
1: so I took the GED class, and then I started college. So I was actually people say that I cheated the system,
0: which because you were ahead of them in.
1: Yeah. Because remember, there were people that actually graduated early. Yeah. Well, they were in college the same year that everyone else was in their senior year. And I because I dropped out and got my GED, I was also in college, but I just didn't graduate early. I dropped out. So um, that ended up failing because I my car broke down. I had to start working And um, it was just too far of a drive to get there. But like, I really tried. And and that's when I actually reconnected with my mom because my parents were divorced. And I just had always felt like I needed to get out of here. You know, when you know when you feel like you're pulled towards something because you just don't see the opportunity where you are.
0: Well, yeah. You grow up in fucking Hunterdon County. You're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. There's there's nothing here. But then when you get older, you're like, holy shit. There's so much here. That's where I want to (laughs) be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like, you know, I moved I think
0: everybody that lives, that grows up in a small town is the same same type of way. I need to get the fuck out. And then you go and experience things and you're like, wow. It was actually pretty good where I was.
1: Well, I mean, I had that experience and I didn't have that experience. I, it took me moving back to have that experience. I didn't actually, because I did not come back willingly. I did not come back willingly. Um, and I don't mind jumping around here in the story because like I said, I'm going to talk like it's just you and me and not like I'm trying to package everything, but it's hard not to package everything. Right. Um, but I think it's, it's almost more important not to package things because I just, I just don't want to do that these days. So, um, (sighs) So when I moved back, it was because my father had passed away, which I think you knew. And yeah,
0: I remember when we first kind of reconnected and you told me that.
1: Yeah. So dad had passed away. Um, and I'd also gotten a divorce the same week. So it was like, you know, I had a conversation with my husband at the time on a porch of an abandoned house in our neighborhood up in the Poconos. And I said to him, like look, I don't want to take away from what we do have. But the truth is there's a lot that we don't have. Like, we've never been in love. We've never had, like, sexual chemistry. Like, we've always been best friends. But that's not enough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And he also, you know, he thought that the best way to love me was to tell me what to do. And he didn't tell me. Interesting
0: philosophy. Oh,
1: yeah. And what that turned into was a very emotionally and mentally abusive relationship. And I say it the way that I say it, like his, the best way he thought he could love me was to tell me what to do is because I do not blame him for being mentally and emotionally abusive. It was not his intention. It was a shock to both of us to realize that that was the dynamic we were in. And honestly, the thing that taught me that was when I had a total meltdown, um, to the point where Ryan almost wanted to take me to the hospital because I was like just sitting in bed, crying, just like practically rocking, couldn't breathe. And I was having basically the worst panic attack of my life and meltdown. And it was because I'd felt so confined in my life, in my marriage, in, in all of it. It was scary. And I I, I had always lived my life as this person that like grew up around positivity and enlightenment and, you know, good values and being of service to people and nurturing and, um, just, just absolute, just like love, just like pure love all over the place. And things that I did and choices that I made in my life that were very stupid that I didn't realize how stupid they were because I was so naive and I thought that I was going to be like you know treated well and like gold by everyone because I was just I would just give of things that people wanted, and I, you know, like it just it just didn't work that way, but the
0: naivete um, of being uh, year in in a youthful environment
1: yeah yeah and and having so many answers to some of life's big questions, but without the experience to back it up, you know it was almost like it was like learning, learning things backwards. And, uh, so it allowed me to be kind of ripe for being abused. And, uh, it wasn't until I was in therapy because of that meltdown. And I happened to see a poster that said, uh, do you feel any of these things and I just went down the list and it was like, out of 10, I said yes to nine of them. The only one I said no to was physical. Like, are you physically, yeah. does your per- does your person physically harm you? And that was the only no, but it was like, you know, do they control all your money? Do they um, alienate you from your friends? Do you only see their family? Like, you know, are do you, are you um, able to go out and socialize? Like, it was just all of these things um do they criticize you it was like it was just yes 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 and at the bottom it said well you may be in an abusive relationship and i was like what no what and it just wow. like all of a sudden started to click and i'm like this what and i started to kind of think about it and i was like well yeah i mean all these things are true, but like, I know that he loves me. So what's wrong here? You know, like, but it's clearly wrong because I've had a meltdown. And um, so it was just like working through that. And when Ryan and I had this conversation, it was like, okay, you know, this is, this is the beginning of the end. And it was four days after that, that an officer came to my front door and said. Your father's passed away. He died, you know, he died of a heart attack in the house and um, you should call the medical examiner. And they said, that he died, yeah, that he, he died of a heart attack in the house and hadn't been found for 10 days in the middle that's of a, August.
0: That's a lot of, uh, a lot to take in, in, in a couple of days.
1: Yep. So, um, fast forward through the divorce and, um, through renovating dad's house and coming back and I'm sitting in my living room and I have this one canvas. And when we lived in the city, before we moved into our, uh, project house in the Poconos, I had this one canvas that I just, I bought at a craft store because I'm really drawn to like any store that uh, that supports creativity, I'm so drawn to it. I could spend hours in it. Particularly Home Depot. <laughs> but,
0: I'm right um, there with you.
1: Yeah, right. What is it about Home Depot? But um, I mean, we both know what it is about Home Depot. Who are we, who am I kidding? But uh, <laughs> I um,
0: yeah, herringbone just... subway tile
1: my God. Right. Like, honestly, if this wasn't a podcast, I could talk for 15 minutes about all the stories I saw today and about the different patterns. I would just go off on it. (laughs) So a typical homeowner. Right. But I, um, I had this one canvas that I bought and all these materials. And I just like, it, it was my only outlet when I lived in New York, but I got so depressed and got to a point where, and again, it's not like I, I knew that I was depressed because I was such a happy person. It was almost just like this underlying <sighs> tempo. I don't know what just chord, this underlying chord that was just running through my life that was just like suppressing everything else. And the only thing that could make its way to the top, the only note that could really be heard is like Erica's absolute resilience and positivity and making the best of every situation which was just kind of my way of coping with everything. Right. It was to just see the beauty in it. And to some degree I still do, but I'm realistic about what's going on now. And if something's not right, I say something, but um, that canvas was my only place to just play. And eventually that, that depressing chord kind of snubbed even that light out where I was just like, no, I don't even want to do that. So I'm in the house in my dad's house that I've renovated. Um, just to make it livable. Um, I have no job. I have no husband. I have no father. Um, My mom lives like six hours away. And I came back to Hunterdon County that like, when I'd moved to the Poconos, I closed that chapter of my life. I said, I am never going to see any of those people again. I'm never going to go back there. I've changed so much. I don't even want to. And then like, a week later, dad dies. And I have to like, come back and handle that. And then another friend died. And I had to see people because at least Oh, my gosh, I don't have to deal with anybody if it's just dad, you know, but then it was someone else in my friend circle. And so I had to see people and it was like, you know, I'm back here in this house and having to face like, people that I didn't want to see and (sighs) this community that I didn't know anything about anymore and old memories. And like, I would just gone through all this trauma,
0: that's a big experience,
1: it was huge, and what did i what do you think I did
0: <laughs> um, persevered
1: <laughs> I grabbed that canvas
0: well, that's what i mean yeah, yeah. You, you 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 dove in head first
1: yeah i just i i didn't know what else to do, and I knew that I needed something, and I just i I finally felt the little cracks in the egg where I could come out and just be myself again. And so I started, I started painting again. And that's really what, um, what painting has always been for me. It's always been a little bit of therapy and a lot more, but there's, there's always a little bit of therapy in it. And it's so powerful as a tool for that. Um, I, I was gonna make a joke. Some people drink, I paint. Um but I That would be me.
0: <laughs> so we're opposite ends of spectrum from here.
1: <laughs> um so I uh I started doing that. And that's really that was the beginning of art making sense to me because art, especially paintings, like i I'd, I'd always been creative, but I'd never looked at paintings as um, something, I hate to say this, but something worthwhile, something buying, especially abstract art. So it didn't make sense to me until I started painting it myself. And it just kind of poured out of me. And there was a painting that I made about my dad. It's four feet by five feet. And if you look at this painting, there's a lot of energy in it. And it's, it's called stages of my father's life. And it's, what I considered to be the different stages of his life. As he went from being a young guy, single guy to the months before he died. And this painting
0: poured,
1: poured out of me and um, it took two and a half hours. And if you watched a video of me painting, wow. it, you would, you'd think it was on super speed, but um, that's, that's really the beginning of my practice of painting.
0: So just painting with literal like raw emotion. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's where it all began. That was the very beginning of of actually becoming an artist, and it took me, I'd say, three years of painting and having that be my primary business. My my prime. I can't even say my primary income because I mean I struggled. Oh. Huh. I mean, I mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be an artist and not struggle is you're not an artist. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, I you mean, know? I, I definitely have the points in my story where it's like I couldn't buy toilet paper. You know, I, I definitely have had those moments. Um, but it took me three years of just dedicating myself to being um, a painter and artist and finding my income source that way before I actually called myself an artist that was a big challenge because I had to hear the phrase before they were winners. They were beginners. Yeah. Before I would look at successful people in the art world and feel like I had any chance of getting there.
0: But now. Well, you're at a totally different place. I'm
1: at a totally different place. Totally different place. I can confidently sit here and say that I have a beautiful studio. I have um, clients all over that are sophisticated and average and, um, just, just run the gamut of different types of people. And I'm surprised at who my clients are. I'm surprised at what it takes to sell art. Sometimes I'm surprised at the people who buy my art, um, because they're not people that I would think I would connect with or that would buy my art. Um, Uh, in both directions. Some people that are, that have less income that are using the savings that they would use for a vacation on three pieces of art for their living room.
0: It's funny because, um, a friend of mine, I'm going to call him Doug. Doug. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to call him Doug. Um, his house was literally being foreclosed on. Mm. Right. And uh, he's, One of the most amazing people that I've ever met. I've been friends with him for many, many years. And we've been through highs and lows, ups and downs, left, rights, BA, select, start, all kinds of crazy shit together. Mm. And um, I'm I'm at his house and he's in good spirits um, considering his situation. Mm. And um, I see this little golden frame. And this little, I mean, it's probably only six inches by eight, maybe ten inches. Mm-hmm. Small, small painting. But it's in a little golden frame. And it's like sitting on his, on his, um, you know, not on the coffee table, but on like a side table. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in, in his kitchen slash living room area. Mm. And I pick it up. And I'm like, I think this was, this was after I had stepped away from the gallery because I was too busy with other shit going on and whatever. But I was like, I was like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, this is Eric Rachel. And he's like, yeah. And I forget <laughs> where he said he bought it. Maybe like Milford alive or something like,
1: I think but I know who you're talking about. Cause I can picture like, the piece and I think it was, um,
0: abstract some, I mean, it was, yeah. it was it, it, small, but, but yeah, detailed and quite lovely. Almost like and a like, fern. I don't remember some of the. We had been partaking in some <laughs> um festivities that evening. Sure, but I specifically remember it was in a really lovely golden frame, mm-hmm. and it was just this cool little piece. And yeah. you know, when I picked it up, I I automatically recognized that it was a your work and. B I could see like the little signature there and I was like holy shit I'm like dude you got a Erica Rachel
1: thank you and he's like
0: yeah like I was at blah 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 and he's like I just I had to have it like I just I I had to have this yeah and like again this is coming from a guy who like hadn't paid his mortgage in I don't know fucking eight years five six three years whatever it may be yeah, yeah. but he had to have one of your pieces yeah. and he's you know of all the shit that was in that house that he doesn't have now, he still has that piece, and he'll have that piece until the day he fucking dies.
1: Yeah, and I'm, so I'm that was so, pretty
0: damn cool, right? I'm
1: so flattered. Like, oh, my heart breaks because there's a part of me that I I remember that day. I remember that painting. I remember that day, and I remember thinking because I knew Doug's situation, and I was like can i can i let him buy this i don't i almost you know i i wanted to like steer him towards what i would consider to be the financially responsible decision but i also get being the starving artist was about to lose my house
0: (laughs) well (laughs) so
1: like you know it was but he he was just so in love with this piece that aside- it's
0: probably the best thing that he's ever bought in his entire fucking life well,
1: aside from the money it's like you just can't you cannot tell people not to buy something they love
0: no you can't, you can't.
1: it doesn't matter we buy with emotion it's
0: it's not your business no
1: no and, and that's what i've also had to learn is like this i have to leave I have to leave some of those other business minded ideals out of it. Like there's a phrase, uh, don't ever let your customer leave with more or less than what they need. And in terms of like that, it's a great, I mean, it's perfect for your industry. You know, it's, it's not, not necessarily perfect for mine. And that's what I've had to realize is that there really is certain advice that has to be, um, just, just altered for different industries and art is such an emotional purchase. Uh, If you don't feel something, yeah, if you don't feel something, you shouldn't have it. And if you do feel something, I will make it work for you to have it. I don't care if I have to do payments. I like, I will figure it out. I've done some very creative financing for my clients because they've had very tight budgets but they've wanted a painting so bad. And they don't just want any painting, they want one of my paintings. And I can't, I can't say no to that. How would I say no to that? That's exactly what I'm doing this for. I'm, I'm painting, because I'm painting out of love, or I'm painting out of emotion. And there's just, it's just this beautiful rollover to the client. And I love doing custom work for that reason, too. It's like, terrifying for me to do custom work because i just so want the person to be happy but nothing is better than that feeling of giving something some giving someone something they love like genuinely love
0: well i'm i mean uh, that's uh, besides yes making money at it and and being you know uh, a industry professional at you know, in the arts, like, I mean, what else are you doing it for right. besides to make people happy, Yeah, to make people feel like when they have this and they're like looking at it on the wall or they're holding it in their hand, like, you know, you're you're taking them somewhere else that, you know, they get to look at this and forget about the shitty day they had at work or you know, that their boyfriend just yelled at them or their girlfriend just broke up with them or whatever all the horseshit is, the dog died or whatever the fuck, you know? Like, you're enabling them to, like, 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 step out into another place and, and, like, let the sorrows and the, you know, the the shitty parts of of life and the world kind of just wash away. And, you know, music does that. You know, paintings, Art does that, writing does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's why w- when you move in, when you deal with a year like 2020, you realize, like, okay, these are the essential things uh, food, water, shelter, you know, uh, hand sanitizer, you know, whatever nonsense that you need, you know, in the immediate. But, you know, like, what are we doing this all for without art, without beauty of things yeah
1: it's like We're, the necessity what are we doing? something that makes you happy
0: yeah i mean you know is life worth living without the the all the things that you know that that are created by humans that that isn't like you know in a petri dish or you know something that you you know is harvested or livestock or whatever it may be like, you know, without art, like what are we doing? Yeah,
1: Well, I think nature extends into us, you know, nature and then human nature, but it's our duty to create something beautiful to, to continue that beautification, you know, like nature, when we look at nature, it's so calming, it's so soothing, it's so rich and beautiful and exciting and in all the different seasons. And humans can destroy that or they can be nurtured by that. And I yeah. think when we look at the the beauty of human nature, when we use it for everything good, that's the extension that we have is we just create more beauty in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the world needs more of that actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So, so you've taken us on the journey of from start to, you know, you becoming a i don't want to say career artist but you know a a a working artist mm-hmm. and you know surviving and thriving so um you know we i know you and i we could literally talk till 5 in the morning no
1: but humans need um, sleep
0: too well not only that like this podcast does run out like each recording is i got 60 minutes so we're on 44 minutes in the second recording. So my, my question for you now is um, why don't you like, where are you at now? Where can we find you? Where can we like, you know, I know you're involved with, um, you know, a clothing company. Um, You've got a cool renovation um, art project going. So why don't you let us, um, our, me and our listeners know kind of like where do we find you and how do we support and all that kind of stuff. Sure.
1: Thank you. So the best place to see my art and to contact me is really through EricaRachel.com So E-R-I-K-A
0: Um You hear that shit people? <laughs> Listen up.
1: And um the second best place to kind of get the more fun everyday, uh, changes of what's happening is my Instagram, which is Erica, Rachel art and, um, the Juniper and Henry clothing brand is, uh, definitely going to be launched this week. And my designs for that will be up on the website. So that's just juniper and Super
0: cool. I got a little preview of the site. Um, there's some great designs on there and, uh, you know, I think people are really going to be psyched and check it out. And I know there's, there's a hoodie and a hat that I'm definitely going to be ordering. So, (laughs) I mean, don't be shy people. Don't be shy. Awesome.
1: Thanks dude. And anyone who's in kind of the tri-state area or anyone who's basically within four hours of New Jersey, um, they can absolutely book a session to come and check out the studio or, you know, visit when uh, COVID is not hanging over our heads.
0: And hopefully that will be in the very near future because I think all of our heads are hanging very heavy um, being that, you know, we've just gone through whatever, however many months of lockdown and job loss and a very trying um, political (laughs) nonsense that's gone on for far too long. And, I mean, we're people were tired, you know, I know you are too. So, you know, hopefully us, um, uh, you know, being able to put a little bit of entertainment out in the world helps, um, a little unravel. bit of learning and just, you know, hanging out and, and engaging with like-minded people. And, you know, kind of how this podcast started is we, Erica and I, um, were kind of engaging on the app clubhouse. So if you haven't checked that out, um, you know, check it out if you need an invite. I've got a bunch, so you can hit me up on my socials. I've got some too. Um, you can email me or text me, um, j o n a s k o e p at msn.com. You always know that super easy one. I've had that email address since I was like 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care, send up a fucking smoke signal, just let me know, you know, and we can help out. And you know, it's all about bringing people together as a community and uh you know the the music the art scene the um literary scene i mean we're all in this together because we're not the nine to fivers we're not the you know robin hood bandits um we're not the hedge fund people so you know we just gotta support each other and in times of need and this is definitely a time of need you know yeah and uh you know, otherwise, let's have some cocktails make some let's art listen to some great music let's let's write some poetry, let's fucking paint let's you know just look at cool stuff and and uh you know let our minds wander well said, dude so those are the rants of and the the you know the uh, drunkenness of a i mean the sayings of a drunken madman. <laughs> Um, a a chimpanzee, if you will. Um, but no, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast here. Um, we've extended our stay, um, into a second podcast. So hopefully the, um, listeners will appreciate that. And, you know, we'll get this launched as soon as possible and, uh, you know, we'll move on into 2021 and beyond. So
1: cool. I'm so glad we did this and I'd be happy to do it again whenever we, Make our way back around to some
0: art. Me too. And the next one, we're going to have to include uh, KVH because he's the one that spurred all this. And if you don't know who KVH is, you'll have to just fucking listen to the next podcast and learn who KVH is because he's the man. Yep.
1: Yep. He's my brother in the art world. So you
0: exactly. guys
1: will love
0: him. All right. Much love, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Um I'm going to give Erica Rachel the last word mm-hmm. and then we're going to sign off. Um, I want to thank uh, Bushwick Kitchen. Um, they're always a, a strong supporter of ours. They make fantastic honey and sriracha, and they make some maple syrup that is literally kick-ass. Um, they've got a bourbon maple that just makes my my willy go wonka. Um, so, you know, always giving them a shout-out. They're wonderful people. Check them out at bushwickkitchen.com. You can get them on Amazon and yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. And the last word goes to Erica Rachel, and I am signing off. Jonas Cope, your proprietor here at Cocktail Cult. Thank you very much. Peace out. Erica, take it away.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. Please get in touch and drink up.
0: Bye.